There's like people hiding in the walls. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Alright, uh, welcome to the Wasting Pie Time, Wasting Pie podcast, the Wasting Pie Nice and podcast. smooth there, James. Really smooth. You know, it's been a bit of a fluster getting here. Uh, <laughs> but this is episode 18, and this is a super duper special version, because we have left the comfortable warmth of Chris's house. Is this the first time we've left your house? It is. This is all new to us, as you might have seen from how, how we were setting this up. <laughs> like, So we're kind of uh, going with the flow here. But we are on location for the first time ever. So we're at, on location at the Dome in London, in Tufnell Park, and we are here with um, Dan from probably like one of the most uh, hardest working, if not prolific, bands in the UK, like punk bands in the UK. Dan from Ducking Punches. How's it going, man? I'm good, mate. How are you? Mm. Hi, Dan. Yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Dylan last night. Uh, opened up his monologue with um, what's up? So, like, yeah, we just, yeah, sorry, we're, on a, we're on a playing field then. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know exactly where we are. So uh, you're this is day number one of your UK tour. It is, yeah. And how? So it's you, Spanish love songs. We bless this mess. Where are you headed to? Um, so we're doing like a whole bunch of the UK and Scotland, and then we're off to we're doing Germany and Belgium and the Netherlands. Amazing, amazing. So how many days is that? It's 16 days, uh, one day off. Oh my God, oh my God. So like, I think one of the things that, you know, Ducky Punches is always super vocal about and, and super kind of um, always putting out there is is your approach to like mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for me, that's like, how the hell does approaching looking after your mental health work on the road when that's like a little microcosm of craziness? Yeah, it's really difficult and it's something that I've uh, learned um both the hard way and you know and picked up good techniques for it um but obviously you are surrounded and it's always readily available by booze by drugs if you want drugs you know you can it's really hard to sort of be strong and and not fall on your on sort of coping mechanisms that are dangerous you know Mm -hmm. so it's it's i always think it's important to we're very open as a band like between us so we talk to each other how we're doing and we always ask if everyone's all right uh, we make a real point of that and if someone's having a bad day you know we'll look after them and make sure they're good um, and i always find that stuff like uh time to yourself and reading and we always try and get to cities early and have a look around mm. and i think sometimes getting outside and not being just in a van or in a venue mm. so is this kind of like from learning as you go like yeah this is yeah and- you know it's long gone in the days where you just get smashed every single day and, yeah, and sure. you know because that just catches up with you really yeah, I mean it's just the boredom right that yeah. lets that set in yeah yeah because you're just you know you, you're waiting you're playing a waiting game most days for that half hour 45 minutes that you're on stage mm. you've driven 8 hours and then you wait the venue for another 4 so it can be get yeah but like luckily um, you know I work as a freelance illustrator so I can take my work with me and find things to do rather than um, just yeah, sort of go, oh, let's get drunk. Yeah, yeah. well, I guess that's like, you know, when you talk to people and they say the, 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 the bands and artists and say the hardest thing is, you know, not just waiting around for eight, like eight, 12 hours a day and traveling, and but it's then playing a show where you're on top of the fucking world, yeah. like you're buzzing, and then you, you come off and you're like, well, how do I fill that? Like, how do, how do I keep that going? Yeah. Like, that's hard, right? That's hard. It's like, 
it's the best feeling in the world, especially if you play, you know, a good show. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and you come off and, and, you know, you feel on such a high. And then it's also really difficult when you return back to normal life. And you're like, well, I don't have a show to play tonight, I, you know, which is my favourite thing in the world to do. Mm-hmm. So I like, so what do I do? And you, you just find, there's always like a sort of slow come down when yeah. you come back to earth. It's the first day where you're like, oh, yeah, bed, cool. <laughs> and then, yeah, and it really catches up with you and it's... It's kind of difficult, and I think that's that's why a lot of people do try and spend as much time on the road as, as they can because it's it is a an addictive thing. Mm. How, how much of this year have you spent on tour? Uh, this year we have done, I think we've done nearly two hundred shows this year. Wow! So this, this year you had your thousandth, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay, what did you do for that? We had a big party in Norwich, which is our hometown, with like all of our favourite bands and all of our like mates that we'd met like for years. We had like three floors of this venue, we had bands playing on every floor. Um, and that sold out and that was like the most fun. Mm. And what was so great about it is like every time you looked around, there was people who hadn't seen each other for years. Wow. You know, and there's so much love in that room and everyone was just like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just cool, it was such a nice uh, thing to be involved with. Mm. And you know, rather than a celebration of us, it was a celebration of our punk rock scene and the DIY scene and you know how close everyone is. And, and I, I think that's what you get from Ducky Punch is that Ducky Punch is weirdly because it started with just you, but yeah, it, it yeah, now isn't sure. just you. Yeah. And I don't mean that from it just being a band perspective, like you know, four or five people in a band. It's actually like it's it feels like more of a community and a more of a like a, a coming together of everyone. Yeah, it kind of and you know, and I love that. I love that people get that from us because we want to be an inclusive. I don't know, like a community almost, mm. rather than just a band. Um, do you find, do, do you think there's like ever kind of a, a stage like, you know, you, you do a lot of stuff with Frank Turner, you've worked mm. with Frank a lot in the past and he was always like that from the outset. And then obviously as he gets, he got bigger and bigger and bigger, it must have been harder for him to be able to want, because he probably wanted to do that, but yeah. made it more difficult. You find it more difficult to do that, like the bigger tours you're doing? Um, not so much. I mean... I always joke with people that Ducking Punches was something I did to fill my time that got way out of hand. <laughs> um, but, you know, and it's not really a conscious effort. It's it's something that's built inside us and it's what we grew up with and we don't really know how else to do it. Mm. And we're not really selfish people, so we just sort of want everyone to be involved. And we have, you know, we have did that tour, was it last year, year before? Well, we didn't take any tour support. We were like, we want local bands to play. And we had like, we saw some of the best bands in the UK. That's a big risk, like yeah. tour-wise, because people rely on taking the, you know, the X amount package over and like promoters know, mm. like this is the cost it's going to cost me. And I know that I can sell X many tickets yeah. to get people in. So that was like a big risk from your part. It so- was, yeah. I mean, like our guarantees weren't, we lowered our guarantees for it to so make it easier for promoters. So cool. And we just wanted like, we, we just wanted these young bands to... Any particular to discoveries that came out of that one? Uh, my favourite band on that run was a band called Havelock from Leeds. Well, they played in Leeds, I'm not sure if they're from there. Yeah. But they were, so, they were so great. It was sort of like, yeah, sort of 90s, almost thrashy, sort of metal, hardcore. Amazing. But, um, but yeah, it was great. I loved it. Oh, that's such a good idea. So let's go back a little bit. Like... Because I just want to assume people listening have like not heard of Duck and Punches, even though mm-hmm. we know they probably all have. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, how did you get started? What was the first kind of like formation of Duck and Punches? What was the well, what was the band you were in before Duck and Punches? <laughs> I was in a really terrible ska band. 
There's a common theme in all of our guests, yeah. like in all oh, the it, band. It, it creeps in there always. <laughs> always in a in a terrible scar yeah. band at some point. You weren't on Moonscar, were you? <laughs> we weren't, weren't, weren't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Remember we had to school doing in the history of Moonscar. Oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> like trying to explain Uncle Brian to yeah, him. Yeah, like. That's an education. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was in a yeah, terrible ska band called Brasphemy. Mm. That's an amazing name. No, it's not. It, <laughs> it, it only works from like the Midlands up. As soon as you go south, Brasphemy, it's not even a pun. So it's... Brass... 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 So it was terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, no. well, Did you front that, did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. My little brother was in that band. Oh, right. Yeah, it was quite cute. And this was in, this was in Norwich. This was before I moved to Norwich. This was in um, Peterborough. Okay, I didn't know you were from Peterborough yeah. originally. So when did you move to Norwich? About nine years ago. Okay. Moved to Norwich, um, and I was already doing ducking punches then. Right. No, was it? Yeah, I just started doing ducking punches then. Okay. When I moved, and I recorded my first EP in Norwich. On Garage Band, I think, <laughs> and no one's ever seen that. But then we did the self-titled in Norwich, yeah, with uh, Ed Hall. And then, yeah, that was the first record, which was still solo. And then we got Pete in. Was it so? Pete was the first kind of step to to doing full he, band. Yeah, he was the first other member apart from me yeah. in the band, and he's been in it ever since nearly ten years now. That's amazing. Well, like I'm interested in some of those early EPs. Like I think. Um, like I don't know how much of that repertoire you still play, but do you go? Do you ever kind of go back to it and wish that you know you could? Like, are there any tracks you would want to revisit, or um, you know, are there things that you wish you'd done differently about those? Because some of the like I listen to the songwriting on yeah. those early EPs, and they're they're incredible. Like they're incredible. They're just as good <laughs> songs you. as you you write now, but just a completely different sonic. Mm. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to revisit now. I mean, when I play solo shows. I dip into them all the time because it's more folky mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to get away with get away from playing folk because I always wanted to be in a melodic punk band mm-hmm. and I was like yeah. if I went from a ska band to a folk band I was like I don't want to do it or play a punk band um, and uh, yeah I've done like side, little side projects along the way but this has always been the main sort of the main band yeah and so you got Pete in uh, on which album that was for that would have been for, uh, what's the first EP? Put the Bottle Down, Chinaski. Right, wow. So he's been around. Yeah. He's been around, he's yeah. an old timer. Yeah. <laughs> old timer. And uh, so then when, when did you start to think about filling out as like a full, full band, on, like on, on tour and, and actually playing shows? With the um, that didn't come for a few years actually. I think we did two EPs. Yeah. With, uh, we had a really basic lineup with like acoustic, double bass, and drums. And we did a few shows like that. Um, but I was touring a lot solo at this point, and then we got in Cal Sophie, yeah. um, and that's when we and Surge, and that's when we started as like a proper full band that's touring yeah. unit. Cool, love it. Uh, I've got I've got a bunch of questions really. One of the things that I was I was looking at your, your Spotify page, and one thing that kind of blew me away was like Big Brown Pills is about to hit quarter of a million streams on Spotify, yeah. like. How do you think kind of streaming has maybe helped you or like kind of bands from the UK punk scene? Because it's almost seen as like one of those things that maybe you don't get involved in. Like we're used to sort of the MySpace days where you just send people records or people buy seven inches at shows or whatever. But like streaming's now kind of opening things up, right? It's huge. I, there's elements of it that I love. I love playlists. I love um, when bands make their own playlists. Mm. And there's often like 
you know, I find out loads tons of new bands and um Menzingers always have a really good tour playlist and yeah. Idols actually the singer, yeah. um his playlist always amazing and I've been following his playlist way before that band I even knew that he's in this band and then, <laughs> okay. I was like, Ah, oh, this Idols band, yeah this kind of it's great playlist. <laughs> it's kind of they're kind of like mixtapes now. Like, yeah, and it's yeah, cool. You know, they're not as personal as that because you know you don't get all the artwork and, and it's easy to stuff do. from that. It's yeah, so the yeah, there's no yeah, it's not much time put into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But is it making? Do you think it's making it easier or harder for like, especially like I think I think within the context of UK punk bands, is it, yeah. is it harder or easier for UK punk bands to get discovered on that kind of stuff? It's tougher. I, I think it's harder. I think. Um, I don't know, in two ways. Like, it's easier the fact that anyone can listen to you, mm. anywhere in the world. Uh, but it's harder in the fact that it's so throwaway. Yeah. yeah. You know, the attention span is not there. It's not something you've purchased or you're going to love. It's like, oh, I heard this song. Cool. Yeah. What, like, yeah, what was exactly. that song I heard the other day? Mm. Yeah. It's like if you, when you used to buy a record, you, you make the time to listen yeah. to it properly and get to know it and stuff. Whereas Spotify release, you're like, yeah, I'm interested in that. I'm just going to flick through mm-hmm. and like check. You know, I mean, I try yeah. not to do that. But, and then I guess the, the the other difficult thing is like actually getting people to sit down and listen to a record. Like mm-hmm. you can tell with your records that you approach them like as a whole. Like, yeah. Is, is that the way they've all been formed? Like, you do you sit down and go, I'm going to write an album now, and then the songs come um, out of that for the album. No, well, for Alamore, we wrote about. Well, I wrote about 40 songs for it, and we cut it down to 10. Um, a lot of them didn't even Was it hard-picking? <laughs> well, a lot of them didn't even make it to band practice. Oh, right, right. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I always think that song choice is important, and that's something the band's put a lot of thought into, in the song order, Yeah. which is completely ruined by streaming. Absolutely, yeah. And I love, I love having a record and, and reading all the lyrics, and, you know, I miss that with streaming mm. it feels like because uh, you work do you still work with Extra Mile yeah yeah so yeah. the last record came out through yeah. and as a label I think they've always done a really good job of like hey look our products are on streaming but here's all the cool shit that goes alongside yeah. it so go buy the record you can I mean I buy records but I can't take my record player on the on the tube with me exactly right, right, so right, yeah. you have to go and consume it so they kind of do a really good job of making sure they match up both together. yeah and they're, they're like a big fan of, of the record not only sounding great but also looking good yeah, and, yeah, yeah you know because it's a package and it's a lot of money for someone to spend on a piece of music you know, 15 20 quid yeah it's a lot of money sure. um when people are struggling you know so you really got to make it worth their while and you know you've got to appreciate that they are putting as much into it you know sometimes as as you may have put into it you know? yeah yeah cool so alamo was the, the first record you do with bob cooper how was that Amazing. Yeah, has he always been on your bucket list? Yeah, yeah, he's a genius. I've known him for years. Um, never worked with him. We could never, like, yeah, we never got the chance to. And then it was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And he's great. And, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but he has, uh, he has like um, synesthesia. So wow. when he's mixing, he mixes until he sees blue. Oh, that's oh, wow. so okay. cool. And then yeah. all of his mixes sound amazing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And his just attention to detail, every tiny little bit he's recording is it's fantastic. That's amazing. And you watch him, you just like, I didn't even hear that. Yeah. You know, and I've sat here, and I wrote these songs, yeah, and so I can't hear these bits that you're picking out. It's amazing. Did he do production kind of input into the? Yeah, he did little bits of like, little bits of arrangement here and there, and like, um, but yeah, it's, it's just his engineering and his his knowledge. It's. I've never worked with anyone like him. It's amazing. amazing. So we do you reckon that next record will be with him again? Yeah, I mean, I loved working with Bob. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do it again with him. When is next record? When are you thinking? Uh, we started writing already, um, but we're going to take our time over it. Okay. Mm. We don't want to rush it out. We've, we've, realized we've, put, we've put a record out like once a year. Mm. Or like every six, 18 months or something. That's a lot. Especially with the whole cycle of an album. Yeah, and like, we're touring yeah, a lot. Yeah. and So we want to maybe record at the end of next year. Okay, so it'll yeah. be like a two year gap. Yeah. Because what was it, sort of March, April? That last yeah, it came out in out. April. Yeah. And what, like, do you see what direction the sound will go in next? Yeah. it's quite a big change yeah, well, on the last few. Particularly this is, that last one, I'd say. Yeah, that was a big change. That mm. was quite deliberate. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how it's going to go. And also, quite interestingly, I. Because I write lyrics every day, like constantly. Yeah. Um, but on my phone. I just like broke my phone, got a new one, and I forgot to take all the lyrics off it. Oh no! Uh, oh, I've lost five years worth of lyrics. Shit! Um, which at first I was kind of like, oh man, but I'm kind of seeing it in a positive, fresh yeah. start. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. maybe try a different writing style, or you know, I can explore some different things. I'm not gonna be looking back through all the lyrics and going, oh, I like that. Yeah. So it's like completely pushing forward, which is what we've been doing with the last couple of records anyway. So. Yeah. Kind of find it exciting, and there's always like a bit of good. Like there's always those cool like rock myth stories of like Calvin Harris left his whole mixed album like in an airport, lost it, that's gone. Yeah. Like who else? Was this is Dan Ozzy's podcast. Didn't someone leave like someone left the album in the back of a taxi? Green Green Day's American Idiot happened. They had to rewrite that whole record, no re-record it, completely different album to what they planned because they left all the master tapes in the back of a fucking taxi. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been world. such a different world. <laughs> <laughs> um, really keen to talk to you on how you how you manage your time, like how you manage your fucking life, man. Because <laughs> you're you're a busy dude. Yeah. Uh, you you create a whole bunch of art. You tour. You write. You're busy. You're active. You're mm. kind of doing social stuff. It's like, how do you go about managing time? How do you go around booking a tour? Um, well, booking a tour is like, if I want to give any advice on booking a tour, is put on your own shows. Because yeah, I did right. that for years. I put on my own shows in yeah. my own town, just small DIY shows. Got so many contacts from that, because tons of people in the DIY scene playing bands like on shows. Mm. So that was a huge step in the door. Um, and it goes from there, and, and I know all these people personally, and I know who's, who I love to work with, and who has been dodgy in the past. And So it's quite easy for me now to book a tour. You know, it never used to be that easy, mm. but no, that's great, Like that's fine. I don't mind doing that at all, and I love putting on shows still, but just way less than I used to. <laughs> so I used to put one on once a week, um, I did that for like two years and it, and it killed me. That's a lot. Oh, it must be exhausting. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. So I have a tendency for biting off more than I can chew. Yeah. yeah. That was the Owl Sanctuary, right? You put that was, on. no, that was at Karma Cafe when I was running oh. out, out of step, yeah. which was like a club night and gigs. Oh, yeah. Um, so what's your kind of approach to, to touring? Is it like try and do as many shows? As, in, as you can or kind of more is you defining that you're distilling it down more maybe play some bigger venues and um, do less shows yeah I mean the the plan for next year is to concentrate more on on better shows mm. and not quite so many okay um, 
We have a really cool thing that we're going to announce for like halfway through the year, for the end of the year, but I won't say anything about it. Oh, well, we uh, can okay. release this. You're very welcome to announce it. That's just unfair to tease us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bleep it out, I swear. <laughs> we, we bleeped enough stuff out of last We did, month, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it gave away the guy from uh, um, Thingy's email address. We had to bleep that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the guy who runs AF Records. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I was like, yeah, and no, there was, uh, there was you can bleep this out. You think it's inappropriate, but there was a <laughs> story that got bleeped out. Yeah, I had to, no, I had to, oh, cut, that, I had to cut, cut that whole cut story. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty rough. Um, so Spanish love songs and you guys, a little, yes. a little bit of a romance. Yeah, like, yeah, we well, heard their side of it. A last huge time, romance. <laughs> What's your story? You've not heard a podcast. Uh, I think they're pieces of shit. And <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what they said. Yeah. It's mutual. No, we toured with them in the States and they're sweethearts. Just prior right. to, like, on your way to Fest? Yeah, so we did, like, the West Coast yeah, with them and then flew over to the East Coast. Met in Seattle? Was it yeah. Seattle? Oh, yeah, he was telling yeah. us about the, the crazy drive from Portland to Oakland, I think yeah, it was, which is a hell of a journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, we just, like, we really hit it off. We had a great time. And, yeah. like, I think a lot of our music and our, you know, our, our morals are very similar mm. and our ideals are very similar. And the music, it comes across in the music and I think it's they're just really good buddies and I really like being on the road with them and if you're on the road with friends it just yeah. makes it so much easier so you must have been excited to meet up with them again yeah them. it's so good when like they turned up early yeah yeah amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's lovely always really keen to know like what records are you kind of spinning at the minute like what, what's your favourite stuff that's out there at the moment um all my favourite bands at the moment seem to be from Australia. Oh, it, interesting! It's crazy, like the most yeah. mad kind of like indie punk scene. Oh, it's Every incredible. week, there's just buckets of records yeah. coming out. <laughs> like um, yeah, yeah so Sarah's, mm-hmm. Middle Kids, um, Camp Cope, obviously. Yeah. Um, Gold Class is one I found recently, who sound like it's kind of like a modern Joy Division, but with Fugazi guitars and like. Bits of Morrissey, but without him being an absolute a big racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay. What is it about Australia? Yeah. They must like it's something cool. in the water, or like I don't know. But there's some incredible bands coming out there, and it feels like that's kind of the only country that's um, kind of seeing a proper like commercial resurgence of guitar music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and you know, you yeah, go back like, like Cordy few, Barnett, and yeah, you go back a few years ago. Australia was very much like a dance electronic kind of market mm. and that's all dying off and feels like guitar bands I mean they're all played on like Triple J like uh, really? they're super that, super um, supported what was that like, you know that band Press Club yeah someone just signed them recently I forget who it was oh like, really the big American label they were bound to be picked up like yeah. any time yeah. soon so, not Fat Records but someone like that right. hit them up Epitaph yeah. or something maybe yeah. yeah mad but it feels like we're ready for that in the UK right I think it's yeah it's on the cusp isn't it yeah I think that sort of indie you know with I think an indie scene, indie punk scene with, you know, more women, more non-binary folk, mm. I think we're, you know, that needs support and I think that ne- it deserves it. Yeah. And I think we're due it and I think it needs to happen soon. Yeah. And I think it will. I it hope it will. Has to turn. Yeah. Has to turn. And like, who out of the UK do you yeah, enjoy? In the UK? Favourite bands in the UK at the moment are Harker, Love Harker. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love Happy Accidents. I love Gender Royals. Happy Accidents um, we've had on before. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah a couple great. of years ago. Uh, Phoebe and Rich. Rich? Yeah. yeah, lovely yeah. guys, yeah. Um, oh, the Half, which is Cal and Sophie, who's been in different bunches, is there. 
Um, oh, like cool. little okay. indie emo project, which is so great. Yeah. It's so great. Um, who else is great? Do you ever get a, like an, a hinkling for like going off and doing something weird? Like, yeah, we're trying to set something up recently actually. Because I want to do some work with a drum and bass album, right? <laughs> I do. I do want to do some work with electronics a bit, but. It just kind of opens your, your scope a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Dirty drum and bass. <laughs> Jungle's making a comeback, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine ducking Bunch's jungle record. Oh, yeah, you don't want my voice over jungle. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, there's so many great bands in the UK. It feels um, exciting. And yeah, like, it feels it's like, label, yeah. like small labels are bubbling up everywhere yeah. and, like, and record shops are doing well. Like, it feels like the communities yeah. are building up again. Whereas you know, go back to sort of when I stopped playing in hardcore bands and it felt like at that point the, the UK scene kind of stopped. Like it mm-hmm. felt like there wasn't much around. And yeah. There wasn't much community around and things were a bit toxic and a bit gross, but it feels like, and not to say you guys have been like the spearhead of that, yeah. but like it definitely feels like you look at what you've done in Norwich and built that community up there, it feels like you're mm. very much like kind of a champion for building yeah. that community. Well, yeah, we're a champion for you know, for a safe community. And I think everyone deserves to be able to watch a punk rock show. Mm. And everyone's entitled to that and everyone should watch it. Yeah. Because it's, it is on, you know, predominantly the most accepting genre of music, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Apart from Jungle. Apart from Jungle. (laughs) (laughs) No one discriminates. No one discriminates against them Jungle beats. Anything else from you, Chris? I don't think so. I think it's like most of the, like man, thank you so much for no like, taking your yeah. time out today yeah, thank to like you. have us. We're in like yeah, a dingy basement uh, near in, yeah. the dome. This is lush. Um, we're gonna be at the show later on. Ducky punches and Spanish love songs are on tour, pretty much forever for like the next <laughs> twenty odd days. Um, we'll probably try and get this out like maybe Monday. So if you do hear this, like do go and see the tour. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, Dan, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, Dan. So Absolute pleasure, buddy. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Thanks.